Good morning, church. How's everybody today? Good to see you. What an awesome time of praise and worship at both of our campuses already uh, this morning. I welcome you uh, at all of our locations, uh, both of our locations and those that are watching online. And if you're a first-time guest, we're, we're honored to have you guys with us. And we just hope that you sense the warm welcome of God's people and the sweet spirit of the Lord that's uh, in this place. This place being a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect. The favorite part is, I threw you off, let's do it together. A place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. How many believe that? Just let me hear a, a, an amen. 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 Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to talking today and bringing the, the Word to you. Let me, let me say a couple of things before I get started. You know, I was noticing at both of our campuses the, the different sign-ups. Uh, for example, uh, Next Steps is the uh, process that we have for our NS kids who learn more about the Christian faith and uh, and baptism and salvation, and then ultimately uh, th they are given the opportunity to become a part of the church. I'm, ju I'm just glad to be a part of a church that, that has sign-ups like that. Can I, is it just me? Am I just being nostalgic? I like being a part of a church that's doing something. Amen? Speaking of doing something, it is our vision to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. Obviously, that means your next door neighbor and the person across the street, and the person seated next to you at work and, and or at church, but it also means going across the sea, going to other places. So far next year, we have at least three mission trips planned, one to the Philippines, one to Uganda, and one to Dominican Republic, and there may be others, but if you're interested in praying, not interested in praying, you need to be praying, but if you're possibly interested in going and you would be willing to pray, uh, would you just text the word GO uh, to this number, it's 493-2311, 493-2311, just text the word GO and then we'll send you some information about the upcoming mission trip, so that we're really excited about what God has in store for us in 2019. 2018 is not over, and God's still up to some big stuff, so we're, we, we're glad that we've got a big God. All right, are you ready to get in the Word? Go ahead and get your Bibles and be turning to the book of Job. I'll eventually get there. We're going to hang out there for just a moment. We're in a series called Even Though, and look, seriously, you can just fill in the blank yourself, even though... Um, facing an emotional crisis, even though I'm in the middle of a storm relationally, even though you fill in the blank, I will trust God. Amen? So even though whatever happens, last week we looked at, even though I'm tempted, and we looked at Jesus, the, our best example of what Jesus did when he was facing the temptations that he was facing. And what did he do? He used every single time, he used the Word of God. He used the Bible. Uh, it 
is written. And we've got to do the same thing. Today, as I was preparing for, for this message, uh, this was a difficult one. Today I want to talk about even though we have pain and problems, I will trust God. Because I'm thinking as I was preparing this, okay, so how many people am I going to be speaking to that are experiencing pain? Like, and I'm thinking physical, but it's much more than that. It's emotional pain, pain from the past, pain from a relationship, pain because of something that you're currently going through. So this message, I hope, can encourage someone uh, in the midst of whatever painful situation or problem that, that you might have. I'm asked this question uh, on several occasions, and that is, why does bad things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? And so, you know, we've got this idea that we can't question God and it makes us unholy and unrighteous. But I want to tell you something. We have a big God. And God is not intimidated by our questions. People throughout the Bible have faced situations in life. And one, one example is, is in the book of Psalms. Listen to what the psalmist said and how he was questioning God. He said, um, in Psalm chapter 13, he says, how long, Lord? I mean, I'm trying to read it with a little bit of attitude because uh, he, he's, he's asking God, he said, how long, how long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? I said, man, did God like strike him dead? No. Uh, but but he's, he's expressing himself. He's being very honest with God. How long will you hide your face from me? How long? Have you ever felt, how, felt like this? Like, how long? How long is this? Okay. Terry told us that we'll be, there will be seasons of life. How long is this season going to last? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Well, I can't answer that. I, I really, I can't answer why uh, bad things happen. I, I, I do know the reason. Uh, I, I know the re we're, we live in a fallen world. I mean, there was a day back at the, in the beginning. There was a resort, all-inclusive. It was called the Garden of Eden. There was no cancer. Come on. How many have seen a loved one pass because of that horrible disease? There, there was no sickness. There, there were no gangs. There were no shootings. It was a perfect resort, the Garden of Eden, until one day. Scripture says one day. It all happened one day when Adam and Eve made the conscious choice to disobey, rebel against God. And Scripture teaches us that from that day, even till now, until the end of this world, sin will be in the world. We, 
were, were afflicted with the disease of sin. All of us are. For all, not just some. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glorious ideal of God, God's glory. While I can't answer specifically why your specific pain or problem or circumstance that is painful, maybe it was something that happened in your past that's so painful, it's still painful. But I can, from the Word of God, offer you hope. Amen, somebody. I can offer you something that will help you to have confidence in God and in His grace and His redemption and His mercy. There was a guy in the Bible that we're, we're going to be looking at experienced some of the most horrendous things in his life. You know what Jesus said in the New Testament? Jesus said in John chapter 16, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. And and let let me just stop right there. In Christ Jesus, you can have peace. You may have come through the doors of our campuses today. You may be listening online somewhere, and you may feel like, will this ever end? My heart is the farthest thing from peace right now. Preacher, preach on, because I need it. Jesus said, you can have peace. He said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have heartache. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So you may not can feel it, you might not can figure it out. Maybe it won't add up. But Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but in me you can have peace because I've overcome the world. I, I, I've referred to this passage a couple of times during this series. The, the word trouble here is not just a, a trivial word like, oh, my, my, my power went out. It's still off. Ooh, the end of the world. My internet's not working. That's not the kind of trouble Jesus said. Now, some of you may be having that kind of trouble, and we've got some cable people in, uh, so, but that's not what this is. It, it is a word uh, in, in the Greek that means affliction, overbearing oppression. And so Jesus said, you're going to have that kind of trouble but take heart. And today, the very last thing that you've even considered doing is taking heart because you want to take a break. You want to get out. You want to give in. Jesus says, take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, Job, and, and it's, it's, it's not Job, it's Job. So how do you know? Because I'm the pastor. But uh, You might have looked at it and wondered, why is there a book of the Bible called Job? Because you need to get one. No, that's not it. Amen? Uh, It's Job, and uh, it it was a real guy. Job was a very wealthy man. 
Let me, let me explain. He had, in the first part of this chapter, it tells you all this. Job had 7,000 sheep. That's too many. But that's how many he had. He had 3,000 camels, 500 donkeys, and 500 oxen. He was a very wealthy man in the land. One day, somebody came to him, and they said, uh, hey, Job, I mean, Job, um, y'all lighten up. Uh, hey, Job, uh, look, man, I, I hate to tell you this, but we, we were out there with the sheep, all 7,000 of them. And he said, somehow, I don't know what it was, I can't describe it, but somehow, fire from heaven came down. And it killed all of them. I said, man, wow, what am I going to do now? Said, well, I've, I've still got my camels. Well, interesting that he was thinking that because they came back to him and he said, look, uh, there was a raid at the farm and the enemy came, the bandits came, and they raided and they took all 3,000 of your camels. How do you take 3,000 camels? Okay, that's what I'm thinking. And then another raid came, and somebody took away all 500 of his oxen and all 500 of his donkeys. And you think, it's, if that's not bad enough, Job's kids, their families, were all hanging out and having a banquet, having a big meal together. And suddenly, Scripture says, a tornado. Scripture actually says a strong wind, but a tornado came, crushed the place where they were eating over their heads and killed all of his kids. Job, in Job chapter 1, had just gotten this news of everything that I've just told you. Job chapter 1, in verse 20 says, at this Job got up, tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground in worship. And said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with this wrongdoing. See, that. how did he do it? He lost his family, not his wife. Later in the next 40 chapters, uh, it, it got so bad that, that Job's wife said, look, honey, um, just, he had boils all over him. She said, just, just curse God. Get it over with so you can die. How did he do it? How did he remain faithful to God? 
Well, Scripture says he was a, a righteous man. That's how he was faithful. He was a faithful man. Job put his trust in God. He knew that, that God was sovereign, and he had an understanding of, of God's faithfulness. So when you're encountering whatever you're encountering now, or you just encountered, or you're going to encounter whatever pain or problem that comes into your life, church, put your trust in God and be faithful to Him. Speaking of pain, I, I want to tell you today uh, uh, a few things that pain can do, whatever that is, whatever that looks like for you. It may be relationally, it may deal with your past, it may deal with your emotions, whatever you're dealing with. Let me tell you some things that, that God can do through your pain. Are you ready? Number one, pain can bring us closer to God. Yeah, it can. You know, sometimes we throw pity parties. Oh, nobody's got it as bad as I've got it. And we turn to things to fill the emptiness in our life and to try to dull the pain. But if you let it, pain will push you closer to God. But you've got to make the decision. Whatever circumstances that you may be facing in life, you can either let it push you to God or drive a wedge between you and God. You'll go running to God, or you're going to uh, develop a, a chasm, a canyon between you and God. The last verse in our text that we read says this, but I wanted to repeat it, and that is that Job did not sin by blaming God. We probably would have, but Job didn't. He remained faithful to God. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is, and I know it is for, for many, is Psalm chapter 23. It says in verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley, through the darkest valley, the King James Version says, through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil. Somebody needs to hear this today because you're in a lonely place. You're in a difficult place. You're in a painful place. Though I walk through the, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. One passage in Psalms says, the Lord is my God is my refuge and my shield. He is my ever-present help in times of trouble. Come on. Psalm 34, 18, he is close to the brokenhearted. Now, now God never said that you're not going to have valleys. God never said that you're not going to be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But he did say, I'll be with you. God never said that you wouldn't have to cross the raging rivers. But he did say, you won't be swept away. 
God never said that you will not go through the, the fires in life, but he did say you'll not be consumed. Can somebody amen today? My gracious. I'm just, I'm standing up here telling you that whatever you face and whatever you experience, God is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. All right, pain, number one, will uh, uh, help you get closer. It can bring you closer to God. Second thing about your pain. Your pain can also bring others closer to God. All of us have had somebody in our lives that was going through something a lot worse than we were going through. And just the way they were going through it encouraged us. You might have gone over there to encourage them and you left being encouraged by them. You know what I'm talking about? And so your pain, whatever you're going through, you might not like it. It's just a season. But God can use it. He can use it in your life to bring uh, other people closer uh, to God. And how, how do we do it? Well, it, it's a power, I'm telling you. It's a power that moves beyond our own power that we can take hold of the power of God and make it through the situation that we are encountering. It can, your pain can actually, church, it can be a platform for the glory of God. It can be a platform for speaking for God because of what you had to go through or that you're going through. It, it, can, it can actually help other people get closer to God. So, okay, so, so how? Well, and Job, instead of focusing on the why all this stuff happened, he focused on the what, what God was doing. There's people all through the Bible who, who went through uh, difficult times, and, and, and instead of thinking about the why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? They focused on what is God doing through this uh, in me. One of the guys was uh, Joseph. Joseph, uh, uh, despised by his brothers, thrown into a, uh, a well, was going to be left for dead, but they decided just to sell him. And he got sold into slavery. But God, in the midst of all of this pain, can you imagine your own brothers leaving you for dead and then selling you? In the midst of all this, God elevated Joseph, and he found favor. He found favor in the prison, and then he found fa favor with Pharaoh and uh, with, with Potiphar. And even one time, Potiphar's wife uh, had eyes uh, for Joseph, lusted after him, tried to seduce him when he wouldn't give in uh, he ran. When he ran, she grabbed him and pulled on his, his robe, took it off, left naked, <laughs> but left. Potiphar's wife did this. And if that's not bad enough, she accused him, and he got locked up, but she, uh, she accused him of rape. But yet God, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the problem, still ele elevated Joseph in, in the kingdom. 
Another one is, um, is, is Daniel. Okay, so like Daniel, you know, Daniel and the lion's den, Daniel, that guy. What it was about was King Darius um, made a decree, a command that everybody in the land would pray to him, to pray to him and honor him. And not, you couldn't, hey, look, Daniel was from, he was, he was one of God's chosen. And now in Babylonian captivity, uh, the king said, uh, no more, uh, Daniel. I know you pray and you're faithful of praying to your God, but I'm putting a stop to that. Daniel said, I cannot, uh, I can't compromise my convictions. And so, he, he found Daniel praying again, and what did he do? Threw him in the lion's den. What happened? God closed, closed the mouths of the lions. When the news got to, to the king, he said, uh, whoa, <laughs> like uh, something uh, has happened. He said, right, uh, the something that has happened is I'm still alive, and the, the lions are still hungry. And he said, no, seriously, something happened. I, something like, it's like supernatural or something. Yeah, it, it is like supernatural. It's God. <laughs> uh, like it's, a, it's like, a, like a, you know, you know, quote, God thing. Yeah, it is a God thing. And this is what, and you're wondering... What, does what you, you are going through affect other people? Let me, t- let me read you a couple of quick verses of how this affected the king. King Darius wrote, To all the nations, to all the peoples of every language in the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. What a divine appointment, right? How God used Daniel's problems. For he is the living God. Darius would have never said this before. But he said, he is, you're God. He's the living, capital G, God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues, he saves, he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the from the power of, of the lions. So Daniel prospered uh, during this reign uh, of King Darius, Darius. So it makes a difference. It can help other people. Let me give you a third one. Pain will bring us closer to God. It can bring others closer to God. Third, pain makes us more like Jesus. How many want to be like Jesus, love like Jesus, touch like Jesus, and, and live like Jesus? So in the midst of whatever you're going through in your life, your pain and your problems does not mean, just does not mean the absence of your God. God is still there. He has never left you. Scripture says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So pain will help you to become more like Jesus Christ. In the book of Job, the last chapter, verse 5, 
Job says, this is at the end. All this other bad stuff has happened. And the last part of chapter 42 is describing uh, how God blessed Job and how old that he lived after all this happened. So this is like the final chapter. Not He's not about to die, but it's the final chapter describing what happened. Chapter 42, verse 5. My ears heard of you, but my eyes have seen you. Maybe that would be something that you would say at the on the journey in the midst of whatever's going on. I've heard about you, God, but now, whoo, thank you. Thank you for getting me across the river. Thank you for walking with me through the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you for in the midst of this burden and this problem and this pain that you, you're still there for me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is uh, Romans 8, 28. I quote it all the time. Uh, I read it, I think, last week, or quoted it, or alluded to it, or something. But Romans 8, 28, you know, that's the one that says, for we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are the call according to his purpose. It's one of my favorite promises in the Bible. It may not be good, but it's going to be all right. Can I get a witness? I mean, pain is not good. I don't want to go through pain. I don't want to go through problems. I don't want to feel hopeless. God says it's not necessarily good, but God will work it for the good, for those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. But there's a second part to that verse, and we'll pick up with verse 29. You can't separate the two. For those God foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God allows things to happen in our lives to, to do what? To conform us to his image. So you got pain, it'll, it'll help make you like Jesus. <laughs> this is what I know. Uh, he uses them not just to teach us a lesson truth is there have been times God needed to teach me a lesson but oftentimes God uses what we're going through not to teach us a lesson but to change us into his image just as he said to be conformed to the image of God let me give you one more, and I'm done. I'm landing the plane right now, all right? Pain will help us to draw, draw closer. It'll bring us closer to God. It'll bring others closer to God. It'll make us like Jesus. And finally, this is my favorite. Pain reminds us that, that we're not home yet. I, I, I've said this before. We're not made for here. Are you listening? We think we're going to live forever here. We're not made for here. There's a better place. Followers of Jesus Christ. 
born again believers there is another place it's called heaven i can't wait to get there now look i want to qualify that i can't wait to get there i'm just not ready like to get on the bus right now you know what i'm saying but i'm ready i'm ready when it when it's time and it's going to be great it's going to be better indescribable but when i experience problems sometimes of my own making but pain problems difficulties circumstances it reminds me I'm not home yet Paul writes about this in 2nd Corinthians he says we don't lose heart though outwardly we're wasting away you say what does that look like what are you what's he talking about go find a picture of you uh, 20 years ago and you'll see what I'm talking about Outwardly, we're wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're not made for here. Let me close this out by, by uh, reading a few of the verses at the end of the book. You know, uh, Job, uh, he had 7,000 sheep. Let me read it and then you'll get the point. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes, gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him. They're the ones that were saying, wow, man, this something supernatural has just happened. They comforted and consoled him over the trouble that the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep. 6,000. Had three, now has 6,000 camels. A thousand yoke of oxen. A thousand donkeys. Also had seven sons, three daughters. The first daughter... Let me skip to verse 16. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died an old man and full of years. So here's a man that we always read about because he made it. But notice how God blessed him in the midst of, in spite of, all of those things that he was going through and he remained faithful my challenge for you as we close out is don't give up remain faithful know that God like Job know that God who is sovereign always has our best interest at heart father thank you for today and for the word and I thank you, God, for the applications that it has for my own life. And 
for the life of our church. And I pray for today that like, like never experienced before, we would experience the presence of God. Like Job said, I've heard it, but now I've seen it. You may realize today that for the first time that you've never truly been born again. I'm not asking you to join a church or to, or to be baptized. I'm just asking you, uh, would you give your heart to Jesus Christ? So, Pastor, I'm, I'm ready to do that. He's drawing me. I, I, can, I can sense it. Well, just call out to him from your heart in repentance and faith. You can articulate it like this. You can say, dear God, today I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. God, today I believe Jesus went to the cross and paid the penalty for my sins, died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. God, today I repent of my sins and, and I turn to Jesus. I put my trust in you as Savior, and I follow you today as Lord. Maybe your prayer to, as a follower of Jesus Christ is, Lord, thank you for the timeliness of this passage because I'm in the midst of it right now, trying to make sense out of it. But God, I want to be faithful. And I want to be true. And I'm going to ask that everyone at both of our campuses, would you please stand with me? And I just want to pray over you. God, I know that there are people that are listening today that are struggling with things and with different things and the issues of life and the storms or the pain or the hopelessness. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take these closing moments of, of worship and just just uh, be glorified remind us God that you are faithful that you're still there that you haven't left us and that you're our ever present help in times of trouble God bless each one today for your glory in Jesus name